0: Hi, and welcome to The Female Leads. I'm Ava Hartling, founder and host of this podcast. It was Canadian author Margaret Atwoods who famously said, we still think of a powerful man as a born leader and a powerful woman as an anomaly. Well, we want to help change that. So on The Female Leads, I speak to inspiring, powerful women about their journey to unlocking their own potential to empower others. If you like today's show, subscribe to the Female Leads wherever good podcasts are found. Give us a good rating and some feedback as well. Follow us on Instagram. Feel free to like, comment, share all of our posts. We want all your friends to know about us. You can also check out thefemaleleads.com to learn more about me or about guests on the show. Today on the show, I'm speaking with Janet Zuccherini, who you may know as a resident judge on TV show Top Chef Canada. Janet's also a restaurateur powerhouse. She owns the Gusto 54 Global Restaurant Group and runs eight separate companies. In Toronto alone, she's the mastermind behind Trittoria Nervosa, and that's actually where her adventures in restaurant business started. Gusta 101 kin pie Chubby's. she also branched out stateside and opened restaurant felix in l.a in 2017 almost an overnight success esquire magazine actually named felix the best new restaurant in america today she spends her time between toronto and california and she travels the world to find inspiration for new projects but whatever you do don't call her a celebrity entrepreneur
1: I would certainly never call myself that.
0: (laughs) Hi, I'm a celebrity uh, entrepreneur. Janet spoke to me about her start almost by accident in the restaurant biz. She also spoke about how convincing people that she built her own empire is still a challenge today.
1: To this day, it's always, uh, you know, who's your husband?
0: Right, yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm still not married. You know, I try to convince people that Janet's self-made, but they say, oh, her father got her started or whatever. Mm. How she leads
0: her teams. Leadership means to me
1: uh, great leaders create other leaders. Mm.
0: And what she does to stay balanced and grounded.
1: I actually experience bliss, like a really different state of mind mm. with meditation.
0: And my first question to Janet was how did she get started in the restaurant business?
1: It all started moving to Italy when I was 18. I moved there by myself, and I went to university. I went to an American university because I wasn't fluent in Italian, and then studied business, which is not typical to go to Italy and study business. Mm -hmm. People usually go there and study art and architecture. But I always had this passion for business. My father was an entrepreneur. My father brought the first espresso machine to Canada and I, introduced I coffee that. culture. Yeah, <laughs> And I always worked for him. As a 12-year-old, I was put to work for him. But living in Italy uh, for eight years, where I did my undergrad in business and then I did my MBA, I studied business but lived the Italian lifestyle, riding around in my Vespa and going to the farmer's markets. and
0: Having espresso in the morning. Definitely.
1: My... Uh, Espresso and cornetto, they call it, or brioche. Mm, love those. Have my pastry in the morning when I thought that was a good breakfast. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And fell in love with cooking. And being mm. a student and not having a lot of money, I cooked for my friends a lot. My right. friends would say, Janet, you need to open up a restaurant. And I thought that was just never going to be my a reality. Right. Never thought about it. What I did know is I wanted to work for myself. Okay. You know, doing my MBA, my fellow... Students, the students, all of us, They, my friends would always talk about working for multinational companies, mm-hmm. big companies. And I always thought, I'm going to work for myself, but I don't know what that, What that what is yet. Mm-hmm. And I just flew home for a friend's wedding. Funny enough, this friend, I'm meeting her today right after this oh, wow. for lunch. But I flew back. I wasn't living in Toronto. I flew home for her wedding. I was in Yorkville getting my hair done. And the corner of Yorkville and Bel Air, under construction was a restaurant. I didn't know which mm-hmm, restaurant. Mm-hmm. I went in. There was a couple of guys there. They said, we're opening this Italian restaurant. We're under construction. I was chatting with them. Long story short, I sold an espresso machine to what was previously <laughs> um, a, a, like a tea house there. Right. And so I was checking in on the espresso machine to say, if if you're having problems with the espresso machine, you know, here's my fa- father's business, mm-hmm. et cetera, call us. Yeah. call us. And they said, why don't you be a partner? And long story short, two weeks later, I was in the restaurant business. It fell in my lap. Mm-hmm. I looked at it and I said, this is a great opportunity. And I jumped on it mm-hmm. and... I ended up marrying two passions, business and food, but I did not set out to do that. It, it was just planned. fell in my lap, mm-hmm. but it ended up being marrying two passions, mm-hmm. which I think is a blessed thing to happen, to find one passion, but I actually yes. married two passions. Which
0: is fantastic. Yeah. And what was your role at the time? Were you actually involved in everyday operations? Were you just kind of a silent partner? Or...
1: I came in and worked every position in the restaurant, okay. and I worked... Uh, 16, 17 hours a day. Wow. So I started, my first position was being a bartender and a barista, <laughs> making, making the cappuccinos naturally, of course. espressos and cappuccinos. And I,
0: I'm ashamed I even offered you coffee this morning because it would not have <laughs> met your standards for sure.
1: Well, I might be a little picky. But, um, You know, I was the bookkeeper, I was the bartender, Mm. I was this, you know, the sommelier creating the wine list. I had live music Mm -hmm. three nights a week. I hired three different acts a week and rented the music equipment. My second floor was more a cigar lounge and live music when I first opened. I wore every single hat. I opened the doors, I closed the doors at night. Right. And worked every angle of my business. Which
0: was probably a great learning experience because you touched every aspect of the business.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to do that in in Mm. the early stages of uh, your business is to understand it inside and out.
0: Yeah, and know if if you have staff doing it, at least you understand what they're working on.
1: Yeah, you can. You know, how are you going to develop procedures and trainings if mm. you haven't even worked in that position? Or how do you know to respect your staff when you haven't been in that position to go? Mm. You know what would be nice having something other than pasta for lunch every day. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, we're gonna feed we're gonna feed our 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 team uh, protein. How's that? Because I don't like to eat pasta every Great day.
0: Great idea. <laughs> you know, like just treat
1: people with respect. If yeah. you work every position think you have a better understanding of how you how you want to be treated
0: yeah that makes sense and of course that restaurant was tratoria nervosa uh, which you still own today
1: yes so that was opened in 96 mm-hmm. so we're gonna get on 23 years soon
0: uh, congratulations that's which is a long time in the
1: restaurant business that's like mm-hmm. three lifetimes in the restaurant business which is great
0: And then how did, there was a number two after that, number three, and so on. So how did the rest, how did the other restaurants come about?
1: I really took my time. So obviously 23 years ago, opening up a restaurant, it's certainly not an overnight success story. Mm -hmm. But what I set my sights on doing is owning the real estate. Right. So I'm so I'm in the restaurant business, but I bring my business sense to um, the restaurant business, and mm. I thought the smartest move to do is to own the corner of Yorkville and Bel Air, which in mm. Toronto, I think, is an important piece of real estate, of you course, know, fairly yeah. important. Yeah. So uh, I saved my money, you know, selling margarita pizzas and espressos and <laughs> cappuccinos for 10 years. It took me 10 years to buy that building, mm. but really early on, I set out to do two things. One, buy out the partners, which I did, because it was, we'll probably get into that, but I had partners, I Mm -hmm. bought them out, and then was to buy the real estate. Mm -hmm. And my landlord never wanted to sell that piece, but I, again, that's another long story, but I just was determined to buy that building Mm -hmm. at whatever cost. And I knew that I might be overpaying at that time, but that it would be a joke a few years later in in Yarkville. So I paid him whatever he wanted for that building. And he mm. kept raising the price until uh, until it was mine. Mm. And once I bought the real estate, I felt secure for the first time yeah. in the business. And I knew that I could make riskier moves and focus on buying real estate over the restaurants initially. So I bought uh, 101 Portland Street, which then became Gusto 101 of in course. the King West area. Yeah. A much bigger restaurant, twice the size, 230 seats. As opposed to um, Nervosa's 120 seats, mm-hmm. and this was me going out, no partners now, building right. from scratch, and nervous because my partner would tell me in the past I was useless in, in the in the business, and the success was because of him. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- yeah. that was in the back of my head, like maybe that you know my success was because of him, and just because I had a great location, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't exactly sure, right. But opening gusto
0: that gave you the confidence you gave needed. me the confidence,
1: mm-hmm. and that was a success from day one. And Amazing. we from day one we're serving a thousand people a day. Wow! On and that's what we do on average every single day. And yeah. I think that's quite an achievement it and it sure a mark is. of success. And that's been running uh, solid for about seven years. And then you know every story has been different for me, but mm-hmm. now. I'm in also in partnership with Jeff and Nui Regular for Pi Northern Thai. Right. And that one's just hugely successful. And I think we serve on average about 1,400 people a day. That's crazy. And I, I've crazy. had a meal
0: there, which was delicious. So love, love that one.
1: Yeah. so that's And that's a partnership. And that's become something very different. And from there, we opened up a small little jewel box of a restaurant called Kin. Mm-hmm. And that's a Royal Thai cuisine and very different from Pi. Yeah. And then, um, then you know, all the rest. And then it was going to L.A. and opening up Felix, which is another story in itself. And Chubby's end? Jamaican Kitchen. Yeah. So I'm in Jamaican and Thai and Italian. And I own the majority of the real estate. And so this is... This is where we're going.
0: Mm. And how did LA happen? Because you had, you know, you had a few restaurants in Toronto, which were already doing extremely well. What made you say, I think I'm going to open something in LA? And you're, you know, you're a Toronto girl. Uh, how did that come about?
1: It was the decision to turn this into a global restaurant group, and you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I figured, why don't we pick a nice, warm city <laughs> with a lot of sunshine? <laughs> to be our first step in growing this into what I'm building to a global restaurant group. Mm -hmm. It was also a lifestyle move. I landed in LA. I fell in love with LA immediately. It was in 24 hours I knew I wanted to live there. And I looked simultaneously for a home and for a location for Mm. a restaurant and starting in another country it was starting from scratch because I didn't right. have any of the infrastructure. Yeah. So and your
0: contacts are in are in Canada. Yeah,
1: I nothing. So I basically I didn't know anybody mm. and I had to start from scratch, which is also exciting and fun. Yeah, yeah. And I got out, out on the streets and I from morning till night, I was I had to get to know LA mm. and what would be the best location. Yeah. And I started to get introduced to people and started to figure this all out. I and mean, I needed to find a lawyer, an accountant, a designer, a location, a builder, a project manager. I needed to create an, a complete infrastructure. And so it was like working around the clock again to mm. create. This company in in another country,
0: right, right. And how how were you welcome? Because also we're used to. I mean, you own several restaurants, you own your, your real estate, and I'm sure there's someone at one point who said, "Where where's the man in charge? You know, why why is this petite woman showing up and she, you know, she's running the empire?" Oh
1: well, to this day. So from from day one, first of all, I opened fairly young, and nobody just nobody would ever ever think or believe. That it was me, and mm-hmm. I started. I started on my own, and I'm I'm self-made. There's a, there was a lot of rumors, you know. Oh, Janet's father mm, got her family, in, and the yeah. family. It was really, really the opposite. That I left my father's company, and my father was very upset, and he did not talk to me. He came to my restaurant once. Um, he was very upset. He wanted me to work in the family right. business. Right. So. No, I did not get help from my father. Yeah, And every time I met somebody in the restaurant, I'd be like, and so you and your husband own this. <laughs> it would always be, and your husband, so your husband started this, your father. Yeah. And, and which is fine. Like mm. who cares at the end of the yeah, day what people you know, think. And exactly. you can't control what people think. No, to this no. day, I'd still hear like, well, you know, I try to convince people that Janet's self-made, but they are say, oh, her father got her started or whatever. Mm. To this day, it's always... Uh, you know who's your husband right
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I'm still not married I don't, I don't really care the, the fact is
0: you know what the reality is I, I, you know, the, the you. reality
1: is I started from scratch I yeah. started from nothing yeah. I worked around the clock I slept four hours a night mm-hmm. I moved back in with my parents slept in my childhood bed did whatever it took yeah and that's sometimes what it takes mm-hmm. And night and that was it
0: Ask Janet what she thinks we can do to change the perception that women can't be the, the boss, the leader, the owner of a company or a restaurant. You know,
1: I'm also really support other women and we we need to uh, stand up for our rights mm. right? and an equality, which doesn't exist. My industry is so male dominated. Mm. Very rare to find a woman as an owner of a restaurant, right? let alone an owner of a restaurant group it's so rare but so i feel like i need to be a voice yeah. and i don't feel like i was hindered or stopped any any mm. you know along along my path i don't I don't feel any different from a man, but...
0: But you had the confidence to power through. When that partner told you the success was mine, you're not good in business, you almost believed them for five minutes until you made your next move. For sure. Another woman could have, you know, that could have been enough to destroy her self-confidence.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I learned from that. That was a very hard period of my life dealing with a partner that undermined me every single day. Mm. And there was moments of believing that. Right. But it was having the wherewithal to push through that mm. and find a way out of that and go through something a very hard time and I wouldn't trade it for anything because it was such a learning experience. Yeah. And I don't think you really learn much in the good times. Unfortunately, I, I don't think life yeah. works that way. Yeah. You I know when things agree are, with you. when things are easy <laughs> and fall into place. Yeah. I don't think you're, you're not stretching challenged. yourself. Yeah. You're not growing. Yeah. You know, you look back and I was like, that was a horrible hard time of my life. I learned I learned something. And the mm. thing is to learn and to progress and I, I've learned to never accept that type of behavior. Mm. That partner of mine did nothing wrong to me. Yeah. And me allowing that kind of behavior is what I won't do again in right. the future. That was the lesson that, that was I learned. A lesson. Yeah. I
0: yeah. asked Janet about the next chapter in her restaurant career, which was opening her first restaurant in LA Felix, which met almost an overnight success.
1: Yeah, it was it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me in my personal career mm. to be, you know, I'll say a female entrepreneur, restaurateur in Toronto, opening restaurants that are regarded more like um, neighborhood staples yeah, yeah, and going to L.A. and I wanted to do something different and I wanted to, I wanted this to be known for its food and for everything, yeah. actually, food, yeah. service, design. And so opening in L.A., you know, we had incredible accolades. So, you know, we, we won a design award after three months and then, you know, all all the periodicals, whether it's LA Weekly, best, Mm -hmm. best new restaurant in LA, but the biggest one was Esquire Magazine naming us best new restaurant in America. Wow. So that's very respected Esquire Magazine. And to be, to, to not only say like, you're doing something in Los Angeles, but to be called out for all of America (laughs) and to be a Canadian woman to have done that. I'm like, did that really happen? I really have to pinch myself. I, I, you know, I'm just, it's great.
0: So when was the point, because obviously you were always motivated to, as you said, build a global empire and kind of continue building up not being satisfied with you know just one success you you wanted to repeat that success over and over at what point did you tell yourself wow i'm actually good at this and you know my like i can actually celebrate and enjoy the taste of success
1: you know it was gusto it was after the second restaurant Mm. um nervosa didn't quite believe it didn't quite believe my own success uh because of probably you know believing being undermined for so many years. And I thought, this is just successful because I, I do have an amazing location. Yeah.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. So I was what, thinking... Which you do, but it takes more than just a location. Yeah,
1: so I was just thinking, maybe it's just the location. Right. And I'm not
0: sure. It was also your first one. So it's almost like, was this by chance? You know, is it me? Am is I it... a
1: one-hit wonder? A. Yeah. Yeah. B. I I created that with partners. So it right. wasn't all me. So I, I didn't know what I could do on my own. Gusto was on my own that I created. And when that was successful, I just felt like I know something. I, I really feel like I know this business. Mm-hmm. But I took my time and I built systems and procedures and trainings. And I really I really worked at my business. I didn't just sit there and sell pizzas and yeah. do nothing in, in the background. Yeah, yeah. I was building these systems to To then say that we can grow Mm. because we have the foundation to do that. And building a team and developing leaders. And, Mm. you know, there's a lot of work in the background to say we're ready for this. At Gusto, my second restaurant, I built my confidence. Mm. And with each restaurant, and of course with each success, you feel it builds your confidence. Yeah, yeah. They they've all been successful, and knock on wood, you know. I'm you're always. I'm always a little bit nervous because yeah. you don't. It's not guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not arrogant about it.
0: No, you're not. You're one of the most humble people I know.
1: I, I come to it with a bit of. I have confidence. Yeah. But I'm also nervous with with everything that I do. Mm. Healthy nervousness. Yeah, you know? that healthy, dose of healthy. Yeah, it gets you know. Realism. My adrenaline gets going, and this is why I do it. It's exciting.
0: So you obviously work with, uh, you know, solid teams. Whether it's your partners in business or the the, the teams running the the actual restaurants, what's your wh- and, and and you're their leader. So what what does leadership mean to you?
1: Leadership means to me, uh, great leaders create other leaders. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of leaders micromanaging and not, you know, they're just in their own way. They can't grow because they're really like technicians sitting inside their business, Mm. you know, working with their own hands to produce what they're producing as opposed to sitting on top of their company and actually running it and leading it. So you've got to find your leaders in your business, create these people as leaders and let them fly. You'll feel it when you walk into, I think, any business. You'll know what's going on at the top. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you feel it. But I feel like I have the most incredible team on the planet. That's how I feel. I feel I have, I'm surrounded by superstars. And I think the best thing that you can do in your business is hire superstars. When I see people trying to work with somebody and banging their head against a wall and I'm like, no, it's not the right person. No, exactly. Hire a superstar. Yeah. And I tell everyone, I hire somebody who works directly under me, and I'll always have this conversation, which might be sound confusing to them, but then they get it. And I, I say, do you know what your job is? And whatever role, they'll, they'll start talking about their title. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm chief operating officer, and my role is to do A, B, and C. And I said, um, your job is to make my life easier. <laughs> you know, I'm hiring people in jobs, in positions that I used to work. Right. So if they're not making my life easier, mm. then I might as well just do the job.
0: I wanted to know if Janet had had any mentors or role models earlier in her career.
1: Although my father didn't support me being an entrepreneur on mm-hmm. my own, he yeah. eventually got there when he saw that I was happy. Okay. Oh, but my father, immigrant, uh, came from nothing, made something of himself, was a pioneer. Really, really strong work ethic. Mm. To see this man, just one story. He went from the office into palliative. He was sick. He had leukemia. Oh, I'm sorry. and I brought him to the hospital, and they they said, "I said well, he's just coming from the office," and they could not believe that he he never had one sick day. Never right. took a sick day. Right. He so basically, working. he worked until yeah. he died. Wow. And um, he had such a strong mind. Yeah. You know, and he would just push through everything. And he just taught me so much about work ethic. Mm. And, you know, being Italian and also the, the joy of life and family. And so it, my it was my father was the biggest influence in my life, for sure.
0: As Janet how she views mentorship and supporting people who want her help in starting out in the restaurant business.
1: As much as I can you know, help people if they want to have a conversation with me. I'm also cognizant of the fact I heard Tim Ferriss say this on a podcast, and he repeats this a lot. Being a mentor is like being a free consultant. Mm-hmm. So I'm also <laughs> a little bit cognizant yeah. of my time. Of course. And I, I, I will say on the flip side, I've had some experiences that have not, that I've allowed to be a little much on me. mm So I know how to limit that as well. Right. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Because sometimes people will suck your blood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very good advice. (laughs) So
1: I want to give time, but I'm also, I put parameters. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, you know what? 30 minutes. Yeah. And sometimes I make it a little more challenging for people. If if I'm not feeling like they really want to meet me, I say, hey... 7 a.m. Wednesday morning. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I'm good, I'm good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm." Um, so you know if they're oh. serious, if they take the 7 a.m. meetings because they really want to talk to you.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: I wanted to know how Janet maintained her balance. How does she stay grounded amidst her crazy, hectic schedule traveling around the world and running all these businesses?
1: It's important for me to do what I need to do, and I need something every day, and that is I need to move my body. Mm-hmm. Right now, tennis is a passion, oh, so I need to play tennis, yep. or go for a walk, mm-hmm. or get on my bike, or go by the ocean, mm-hmm. or go for a hike, or a million things. I need I need to move my body right. for happiness. Right. So you good try n- to get
0: that in I,
1: I have to get that in every day. The good news is the president of my company, Winita Dixon, another woman, who's also one of my best friends... It's so important for her, uh, movement and exercise. Mm. So she respects, she's kind of really running a lot, so many things in my company. Yeah. So when I tell her, she schedules me for a meeting and I say, we need I'm, I'm scheduled to play tennis. She's like, okay, we're not going to bother you then.
0: Okay. Cause so she, she knows. She makes it work. Because
1: it's her lifestyle as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she would never take that away from me in yeah. a way. Yeah. You know, if you understand what I mean, like yeah. she just, she works around that. Yeah. And I need to meditate. I need to have 20 minutes to meditate. Mm-hmm. When I have those kind of two things in my life, and I, you know, I actually need to sit down to hot meals. Like I, I like mm. to sit down and relax and have a hot lunch and a hot dinner. And
0: I, I well, yeah, a, you have a few restaurant
1: options to do that. At least exactly, so. <laughs> I can get in at a few places. I, I need to lead a civilized life, Eva. You know, I think yeah. you have very European sensibilities as well. And when I can do those things, I, I don't mind working seven days a week. Right. And I tell Juanita, yeah. you want to schedule me on a seven a.m. call? I'm in L.A., so three hours behind. Mm. So I'll get very early morning calls sometimes to be on. That is where I don't you're mind. On. Yeah. But I might be playing tennis at nine a.m. Right. And I'm I'm left alone to do that.
0: So you find balance that way.
1: I set the the parameters. of say mm-hmm. like, hey, this is what's important to me. This is what I need in in my day. So I I need a few things like that for for happiness. Mm-hmm. But my life is very balanced. It might be sometimes yeah. it's L A. Toronto right now is getting a little uh, hectic. In that I'm I'm on a plane every seems like every few days. Right, right. I'm bouncing a lot right now. Uh, so but it's fun yeah and I can do whatever I want. i lead I lead a charmed life. I mean, yeah, I have no complaints. <laughs> I have an amazing life.
0: Uh, you mentioned meditation, so I'm just curious uh, what type of meditation do you do when did that start? Is it just you know do you just sit in your living room contemplating life or is there kind of a, a method? Yeah,
1: a method it? I started doing yoga twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. and with yoga, there are sometimes meditations and yes. integrated. So that's when I was introduced. But then I went I did a very hardcore 10-day silent meditation retreat that's very well known around the world. Mm -hmm. It's called Vipassana.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. It's
1: one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life.
0: That was going to be one of my questions. What's the hardest thing you did? That was one of the
1: hardest things. (laughs) I did something else harder, but that was really hard. That was Mm. one of the hardest. I recently did something that was harder, actually. But that gave me insight into the power of meditation. Mm. And I think it's key. And so many people are talking about meditation. Yeah, yeah. There's so many successful people around the world well, talk that's about it. meditation. There's a
0: common thread. The, mm.
1: the power of meditation is real. Mm. And so uh, my practice is more along the lines of Vipassana.
0: Okay, okay. Oh, I'll remember that. So what's the other really difficult thing that you, that I did? That you had to do? Or chose to do? If you can talk about it. I'll, I'll talk about it. <laughs> So I, I'm
1: in, I'm, I've always been interested in leading an introspective life, uh, or I would say what Jane Fonda says, an examines life. Mm, mm-hmm. So I like to examine my life. So I've done so many different things along the way, mm-hmm. whether it's the landmark forum that I did 23 years ago, if you've heard of that, and just so many different uh, workshops. Right, right. Like the meditation one, Vipassana. Yeah. I, if I hear someone me. says like, wow, this is like... It, you get deep insight into your life and I'm, I sign up. Yeah. Sign me up. So psychedelics has, has interested, you know, has Mm. been interesting to me for a while and I'm I'm very fearful of it, but I did do uh, a, under therapy, uh, psilocybin, which is basically also known as magic mushrooms. Yes. But I did it in a therapeutic setting. Wow. And I did what would be like a dose a high dose. Uh, and it was the hardest experience of my life. Really? But I, I now know the power of um, plant med- let's call it plant medicine. Yeah, yeah I'm probably too afraid to do it right now because it was so intense, my mm. experience. but it rewires your brain. I will say this. it gives you a software upgrade. Wow. It is powerful stuff. So, mm. uh, you know, I'm just into checking. I'm such an open person. I'll mm-hmm. check it out.
0: But you, you got amazing insights from Amazing having
1: insights that and a rewiring, a slight rewiring of the uh, brain mm. in, in a healthy way. But that was the hardest experience of my life.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <But> there <laughs> you go. I love it. In business, what was the hardest thing you ever had to do?
1: be in this soul destroying partnership that i allowed myself to be in for four years because i did not know a way out Mm. at that time early in the early stages of my entrepreneurial life where i didn't have the funds i didn't have the financing to buy this partner out so i i allowed the abuse Mm. he he was in my books an abusive person that i allowed i allowed and That was just soul-destroying. Every day to show up to someone who threatened me physically, mentally, was very abusive. And um, that was very hard. That was... That was awful to wake up to that every day. But Correct. I allowed it. I allowed it. And mm. I, I really, really learned from that.
0: Well, that's it. It sounds like that was probably something that shaped the rest of your life because you'll never allow that to come in your never life
1: again. Never allow it again. Mm. And, and I stand up for other people and other other. Mm-hmm. ways of bully, yeah. And I, I just stand up for other people. And such a big learning experience. You can't trade that stuff in. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I wish I didn't have to go through yeah. it, but I look back you and. You learn so much
0: and you grow from something like that. Grow,
1: grow, grow so much. Mm.
0: Um, so what's next for Janet Zuccarini
1: well so much I feel like I'm exploding right now in such a good way I am under construction in Corktown so in the east side I'd call it the east side of Toronto and I'm building a 230 seat restaurant there that I think is pushing the boundaries in what we're building in a building working with Partisans uh, which is an architecture firm Mm -hmm. that does really interesting work and we're building a really interesting building and I just want to bring the best of what I keep, you know, I look at my my past and I say, how can I build on this and do something better? So this is going to be Gusto 501. So I'm under construction for that. Great. So that's going to be a very large restaurant in the east part of the city. Mm -hmm. And then I just signed a location. uh, My largest restaurant will be in actually downtown Los Angeles. Mm. So it is basically a lifestyle brand that and a new venture that I'm doing in downtown L.A and um, so much more. I'm looking for a location in New York City for a Felix New York needle in a haystack to find the right location in Manhattan, but I'm looking actively to put a Felix in Manhattan, a Felix in Toronto. I'm looking for a location in Yorkville. I want to be in Yorkville. Mm -hmm. And we want to take Felix globally. Mm. Uh, So we want to be in Paris, London, in important cities around the world. I have a fast casual concept called Volpe. That's going to be a global Mm. brand. Uh, the, the the downtown location called Gusto Green. That's going to be a global brand as well. So Eva, I got a lot on the <laughs> plate.
0: I <laughs> asked Janet where she finds the inspiration for all of her new restaurant concepts and all of her projects.
1: I think traveling and uh, passion for experiencing uh, restaurants mm-hmm. and, and, and experiencing a lot of things. Yeah, art, architecture. I travel. I'm I'm an interested person. I love learning, and I so passionate about the restaurant business and i'm out if you follow me on instagram and you look at any of my stories i'm out most nights checking mm. out new restaurants yeah. so it's having your finger on the pulse mm. and being in cities like new york and los angeles and san francisco and tra- traveling the world and, and seeing what's new and I, I was in i was in israel last summer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with our mutual friend geronimo yes and i came out of there going i think i want to open up a Middle Eastern restaurant. Well, right now I'm looking at that as a possibility, as another concept, because I just love the food. And the food's so good in Israel. Yeah, Mm. so good. And so just... you know, I have a Jamaican restaurant. Why yeah, I have, you yeah. Know, I, I've spent my life going to Jamaica, and yeah. I, I just had this idea. I want to transport people out of uh, mm. out of Toronto winters. Yeah, and I love Jamaican food and this and that. So, Made you know, 100%. ideas just come into my head, and I make I make them reality. Yeah. My 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 friend Angela, who head heads up kind of Chubby's Jamaican Kitchen, she's worked for me for several years, and she's been we've been friends for over 20 years. She's like the the difference between you and a lot of people is
0: you don't talk you actually talk it into action you do it you just do it mm. and that's that's what i do i believe in that so much just you know you have a you have a vision you have an idea just make it happen
1: yeah and t- just take one st- one step in front of the other mm. and things Happen. I, yeah. I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. I I talk things into reality,
0: that's and I amazing.
1: say like I'm doing this, and then I'm like I said that I'm doing this. I have to do it now.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know that's <laughs> yeah. That's I've done, I, that's I've, do. I've done a few of those too. Right? Actually, the podcast was that I said I'm doing it, and I'm, it's happening. Yeah. Right,
1: right. <laughs>
0: So we have a couple of signature questions on on the female leads. And one of them is is there a book? Could be a movie also, but usually a book that really influenced or shaped your, your life.
1: Yeah. Twenty years ago or so when I was working at Nervosa and working around the clock and 17 hours a day wearing every hat, mm-hmm. not knowing how to uh, take the next step from working every position to like how do? what am I doing here? Like it was I was getting tired, mm. you know. And this customer of mine said, have you ever read The E-Myth? So The Entrepreneurial Myth Mm. um, by Gerber, Michael Gerber. Yeah. And that changed my life. And that book is about taking yourself from being a technician, rising above your business and actually leading and running it. And Mm. I used that as my Bible.
0: If you could go back in time and do one thing differently in life, what would it be? Or maybe there isn't. Yeah, I
1: mean, no, there is actually. There's one thing, and um, it has nothing to do with the hard experiences that that I've had because I think you can't trade those in. Mm. But I learned one lesson, I think, that I would go back, and I had one person I was in love with, a boyfriend that I was in love with, and I was too intimidated or nervous or um, insecure or whatever it was uh, A fear of rejection. Mm. I did not want to say that I was in love with him. I didn't want to say, I love you. Right. And the the last time I saw him in New York City, I I just said goodbye, and I wanted to say I loved him, and I didn't, and he died right after that. Oh, my god. And he was killed in a motorcycle accident.
0: Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. So Uh, the mm. lesson
1: I learned is never take for granted Mm. that someone is going to be here tomorrow right and if you have something to say that is beautiful as I love you Mm. say it and don't be afraid so and it was again a very hard lesson Mm. but I don't take people you know I'm I I, we don't know if today's our last day yeah we do not know so I live live your life like it's like it's the last day and and tell
0: people in your life you love them yeah Mm. that's a good one is there a saying or an expression that you repeat to yourself or to your team over and over I
1: just said it, and it, it's really how I uh, run my life, and it's it's an old one, but I think it's an old one and a good one, and mm. to live every day like it's your last. Uh,
0: that's a really and yeah, you, good you, you have to like get yeah. you know that's what, I'm
1: short. just I'm in touch with life's too short. Mm. Enjoy it. I, I have a great time. I I I love my life, and I hope everyone
0: else does too. Mm. Mm. And to conclude, if we fast forward 10 years from now or, or even later, what's the one thing you'll look back on and say, that's made me the most proud?
1: It, it, you know, the people that I surround myself with, my, my, my friends, my family, my team at, at work. And um, 20, 2019, we're going to have 1,000 a, a employees, 1,000 people. Mm. And we're, we're only growing and if I look back and I say, I, I was really good to these people. And it's not just about me and my success, whatever, whatever that is. I think success is being happy and fulfilled, whatever that is. But that I was, that I was good to people, right. uh, good to everyone along the way. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's all the time we had with Janet Zuccherini for today. If you like the show, please subscribe to The Female Leads, wherever good podcasts are found. Give us a good rating. Follow us on Instagram. I'll be back in a week with a new guest on the show. Thank you for listening.